Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Initiative Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jim O'Brien. Hi there, and welcome back. Tonight, I have my special guest, Morgan, with Rogue Preparedness. How are you, Morgan? I am doing great. How about yourself? Doing good. Go, doing good. I'm excited that we're finally able to do this together and talk about preparedness. Uh, yeah. I know it's important for you and your family, and I feel like I need to be doing more, and I'm hoping others will take away something from this and maybe, if nothing else, think about what they might should be doing for themselves and their families as well. But before we get into it, I wanted to talk about you a little bit. Uh, I hate talking about myself, so I'm always excited to put <laughs> someone else underneath the magnifying glass. But, you know, who are you, your background, how in the world did you and your hubby get into this? Like, you know, everything that got you interested and in, started in prepping and whatnot. Well, yes. So um, it was well over, it's closer to 15 years now than 10. I keep saying 10 just because that's just been my spiel for so long. But <laughs> at this point, it's getting closer to 15 years. And uh, and so, you know, I didn't really, I didn't grow up with it. You know, we, I didn't grow up hunting. I didn't grow up, you know, any of that. My mom dehydrated food and she like, uh, you know, so she sewed our own clothes and she canned food. But it wasn't because of a preppy mindset. That's just what, like, you know, her grandma did, and that's what she did. And, and we did that to save money. And we, you know, it was all really delicious. And I love, you know, that that made me love that stuff. You know, I can my own stuff. And, yeah. you know, I it was always like this thing of, like, this joke, like, because she made um, homemade jam and she canned it. And it was always this joke, like, oh. I had to buy store-bought jam. Like, we were never, we were never without jam. We had jam all the time, and it yeah. was just, like, an atrocity to buy a jam. And, like, um, so I grew up in that, I went into that mindset, you know, like, you know, store-bought is gross, you know? Yeah. So, uh, uh, but, you know, I mean, other than that, like, I didn't really grow up with any sort of, I didn't think it was because, of, you know, prepping or anything. It was just good. Yeah. And, um so it was, you know, many years later, late twenties, when I kind of fell down a rabbit hole once my cell phone, well, once there was a power outage and my cell phone was almost dead. And it was just like this little Blackberry at the time. And like, I, you know, I wasn't super important or anything. I wasn't, you know, nobody was going to be calling or texting me or anything, but it got me thinking, I was like, how would I charge my phone? there's no electricity yeah and even at even at the time there was still you know avenues of, of doing that um way more advanced these days of course but um you know i i didn't even think about like charging in my car or anything i don't i honestly don't know if i even had a car charger at the time where they even existed i seriously don't know <laughs> but yeah. i don't remember ever charging my phone in my car <laughs> but anyway so then I went down like this rabbit hole of, well, how would I do this? And discovered prepping and then got really hardcore into it when I met my husband and just been at it ever since. Yeah. No, it's mm -hmm. great. And, you know, I know sometimes 
prepping can get a bad rep, right? Like the extremist and yada, yada, yada. But it's mm-hmm. not about that. It's not about that. It's not about paranoia. It's just about exactly what it says. It's being better prepared, right? And it's so funny totally. that you talked about growing up with your grandma or whoever, you know, canning and jarring and whatever, because I have a similar experience. Like I remember going down into the basement of my grandma's house and on the wooden shelves in the back of the basement were all these jars of, I don't even know what, you know, like jarred (laughs) pears off the tree and pickled okra. Like I'm making it up, but you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it was all this stuff and she certainly wasn't in a prepper's mindset, but I do think for that generation, it was about survival and it was about doing things inexpensively and living off the land and taking care of yourself and not relying on stores and society and much less, you know, going through the great depression and whatever else, I think there was a financial Mm -hmm. need to do that sort of stuff. Right. And it's a, I want to say it's kind of becoming a lost art. You know, um, a few things I have, I want to comment about there by what you said. Yeah. So, um, it was a way of life and the way that people used to do it is that they would grow their own crops and, and then they would can it for the winter because they can't grow it during the winter. Right. Right. So they grow the crops during the spring, summer, whatever that, that they could during their growing season. And then they would can everything out of necessity. They had to do this if they wanted to continue to eat, eat. When, during the winter. Yeah. <laughs> right? Good plan. Yeah. <laughs> So um, they did that, and there really weren't those grocery stores or those supply chains or anything. They were literally their own supply chain, and they traded a little bit, of course. But, sure. um, but you know, I mean, that was it was necessity. And then you know, once you know what you were talking about with the Great Depression and all that, things um, changed a little bit. But people still did it because, again, necessity. It was cheaper. They all had their own gardens, all these things, and grocery stores really weren't like a big thing until the '30s. So it took, it has taken us less than a hundred years for us to forget these necessity skills, these skills to help us get through because we have these modern conveniences and our supply chain and all this. Um, But every year our supply chain and everything is um, getting more strained. Yeah. For various reasons. And so I think it's just so important now more than ever, like 10 years ago or something. I don't think we were having as many problems as we are now. Maybe we were, but not to the extent. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I mean, you hear all the time and it doesn't matter what the industry or the topic is. It's like we're hearing supply chain this, supply chain that. I mean, you know, whether it's new cars and computer chips being strained, Mm -hmm. you know, the source of computer chips being strained or... You know, not to go too far down a rabbit hole, but recently my brand new refrigerator died on me and the Mm. it's the compressor and the compressors Mm. have been on back order for who knows how long. Luckily, I think it's going to get replaced this week. But, you know, it's a supply chain thing. So you just don't know, you know. Yeah, that's actually been a big problem for a couple of years. Like we went to go buy a fridge in 2000 in 2020, actually, about the maybe middle end of 2020. And at that time, supply chains were real strained because of COVID. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so 
and since then it's been extremely difficult to recover from. And I mean, we were barely able to get a fridge, barely. And then, you know, freezers were out of stock forever because everybody was buying them and they couldn't make them fast enough. And it's, crazy. it's just so many, it's so many things that, that, that can happen and strain a supply chain. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Completely agree. Uh, so, you know, I, I wanted to say it up front. So we're not talking about extremist stuff here. And we're not talking about people that are short of hobbies or whatever else. And it's not about paranoia either. But we talked about what it's not briefly. But what is being prepared mean to you and your family? So um, the other day, I think it was yesterday, actually, I made a, a reel on Instagram that like I was almost out of cinnamon. And so I went to my room where I have it and I just grabbed another cinnamon off the shelf. I didn't have to go to the store. I didn't have to, you know, <laughs> freak out like, oh, I'm out of cinnamon, you know, or whatever it yeah. is. It's, it doesn't matter what it is, right? I can just go and get whatever I need at any time. I have crafts. I have books. I have you know, supplies, I have food and water and I have, you know, extra, you know, candles and flashlights and whatever. And it's not about, you know, waiting for something to come. It's using it when I need it, period. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter when it is. No, I think regardless of what's going on in the world, I think there's a lot of merit of being completely self-sufficient or as self-sufficient as you possibly can be right especially in light right. of the lunacy that the world seems to be these days anyway yeah and you know self-sufficiency can look a lot of different ways you know through through trading or you know and getting involved in your local community and stuff like that because you know like we can't really provide everything ourselves but you sure. know we're gonna have to change our our mindsets a little bit i can't I don't have enough space to grow a year's worth of wheat, you know, yeah. I don't have enough supply, you know, room to grow a year's worth of rice or whatever. We eat these things and they store really good. So we get that. And then I try to grow and do whatever and, um, you know, get the dairy because I don't have a cow. <laughs> I find a local farm for that stuff. You know, yeah. I would love a cow in my backyard, but I don't think my landlord would. So not a big fan. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've 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 considered many times over the years getting my own chickens. There's just something about that. I've always wanted my own chickens, getting my own eggs, having my own chicken. Just something about that really appeals to me, but I have yet to pull you know, the trigger. <laughs> you should. Yeah. Chickens are the best. I've had chickens <laughs> on and off for the past eight years or so. Yeah. They're the absolute best. They're the gateway, they're the gateway <laughs> animal. Like if you weren't interested in prepping or homesteading or anything before, you will after you get chickens. They're just, they're amazing. They're awesome. And they give you eggs for just letting them eat and be cool and hang out. Like they're, yeah. they're great. It seems like such a cool thing. My buddy, my old high school buddy, he in the last, I'd say three, maybe four years now has gotten into chickens otherwise he's not into any prepping he's not you know oh. you know whatever he just decided to build a you know a uh what is it a roost and and get him uh -huh. some chickens and he's loving it like he's got eggs all the time continuously and he tells me all the time i was like yeah rub it in rub it in 
You know, um, I think there was in 2020, there was something going on with eggs, I think, or, or something. And like, one of my friends was like, I am never going to be without eggs again. I'm getting my own chickens. And they were, he was just so <laughs> PO'd at what was going on in this world. And he's like, I'm never going to be without eggs again. And he got chickens and he has them still. And like, you know, he loves them. And so, yeah, you know, I mean, there you go. You just provided yourself some some really great protein. Some some breakfast, some lunch, some dinner, and some great protein source in the mix. A healthy protein source in the mix, too. Yeah, yeah. I know before we got started, um, we wanted to talk about why considering being more of a prepper or being better prepared is important. And I think, you know, you brought up a great point that 2008 happened. You know, the bottom fell out. A lot of people found Mm -hmm. themselves in hardship, and we knew that wasn't the first time that's ever happened, right? We've already mentioned the Great Depression uh, Mm -hmm. in the span of this. And then most recently, three years ago, give or take whatever it is, I'm kind of trying to forget it already, but we we were hit (laughs) with this, you know, at least this blown up pandemic. But the point is it put people in predicaments, right? Working from home. Whatever it might have been, it was a game changer. And now we're seeing supply chains impacted still three years later, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, what are some other reasons uh, that someone should consider prepping or doing more prepping for themselves? So I think, I honestly think COVID should have been a big, wide wake up call for so many people. <laughs> yeah. There are so much disruption of things. I mean, just like so many different things. Yeah. And like you said, we're still recovering years later. But there's also other things in the mix besides just, you know, what happened from COVID. It's um, Mother Nature is, is causing a lot of supply chain disruptions as well. Like um, there's been either drought in which a lot of um, crops are just unable to thrive. And then there's also flooding, which takes out the crops as well. There's um, hurricanes, which can impact um, just supplies getting to and from places. There's um, that's just just a lot of different things. And then, um, you know, the, what's going on in Ukraine and Russia and all that, that can cause different things as well. Um, gas but prices. A lot of, it's not, yeah. Yeah. Gas prices. Um, it all has an effect on everything. And, and there's also the imports and exports. Like um, there was a rice export from India, I believe. They, their crops were horrible this year. And they're having a lot of issues, but they're also having um, some injunctions and things from other places in which they can't export to certain places anymore. And so um, a lot of places might be without rice (laughs) um, or their animals might be without the, the rice or something like that, you know, and so... A lot of stuff, different stuff is happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we're still consuming a lot of products and and um, and foods from last year, and that's starting to come to a close. In which we're getting more of this year's stuff for next year. Sure. And we're going to be seeing some some different stuff there, so should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, like we were talking about, I think that. 
it's naive to think that what's happened, you know, twice, dare I say, in recent past, like what, the last uh, 14 years, give or take, it should be a pretty good sign that you need to start doing something, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I think the other piece that happens, you know, even with a, you know, with the media saying, oh, there's going to be a snowstorm this weekend, everyone rushing out to the stores and yeah. trying to buy everything they possibly can at the nth hour or mm-hmm. in a short period of time hoarding everything they can get their hands on too. And there's no need for that. Um, there's right. a way, there's an easier way to avoid the panic and there's no need to hoard because that's the other thing I don't, I think it's safe to say that prepping is not, it's not about hoarding. It's not about, and it's mm-hmm. about being able to avoid that panic, right? I think that's a really right. important. <clears throat> well, if we look at the most recent um, natural disaster, Hurricane Ian, yeah, uh, I think it was Ian, uh, people did it again. They were at the stores, you know, getting all the last minute stuff. They were gas lines, you know, miles long. I mean, this is every natural disaster. Mm. And it's really surprising when you look at it from a perspective of you live in a hurricane area. And so it's like, you know, you people should be expecting this. But what happens is the hurricane comes, right? It It takes something away from you or it doesn't. Either way, you recover. Or, you know, you move on, right? Yep. You're like, yay, I'm glad that was over. That's cool. Okay, <laughs> let me get on with my rest of my life. And, yep. and you, like, people just... Business as usual. Right. So, um, you know, most people probably were very, you know, anxiety-ridden about it. But once it's done, people just try to block it out of their minds. And so, um, hopefully, the more times these things happen, the more people realize, okay... Maybe I should have a little extra food. So that that's kind of the hope, you know, um, through each natural disaster that less and less people are going to that store so that you don't have to be one of those people that doesn't have to rely on the store for your milk or, or <laughs> bread uh, during a hurricane. So good yeah. you have it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to think that... <laughs> Just to keep yourself away from the chaos and the panic and the hoarding and the having to get to the store when everyone else and their brother and sister are going there, like that should be cause alone to do a little preparing, dare I say, ahead of time, you know? (laughs) And you don't have to hoard. It's just buying a little extra here or, you know, growing your garden, whatever it looks like for you. You do you, right? But. Just a little extra along the way, thinking about upcoming events that are likely to happen. Now, what they're going to be and when they're going to happen, who only knows, right? But you can pretty much bet that they are going to happen. And it's not about stockpiling. It's just every so often, whatever your budget allows you, whenever it's on top of mind, is to get that little extra something, something along the way so that you're better prepared when and if the time comes to need it, right? Yeah, exactly. Preparing is just about knowing, you know, that things do happen. Like you said, you don't know when, but you can control what you can control and you can control how much extra food or candles or whatever else you might need to continue living as normally as possible. I uh, I did a video once about how to stay warm 
during um, no electricity. Yeah. And I one of the things that I said was to warm up some, you know, warm water and drink that warm water, you know, some, uh, you know, with lemon or tea or some tea or coffee or whatever. Yeah. And um, I got a comment that said, well, that's really easy to say that, you know, you could warm up water if you have some way to warm it. That's right. You can have some way to warm it. <laughs> you right. have, a, uh, you know, a Coleman or you have some sort of alternative method to warm water. And yeah. that's just it. You know, once you start thinking, well, how would I do that? How would I continue to cook? How would I continue to have a light source to stay warm or cool or whatever the case may be? And you start just asking yourself this and then figuring out the solution for that works for you. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point and it's something that we've talked about before is, you know, and I think it's applicable even when we think in terms of being better prepared supply wise is thinking through scenarios and then in that given scenario, who cares what someone else would do or thinks you should do in a given right. scenario? How would you solve that problem? What what would you yeah. do? And most importantly, I think to the, you know, the whole entire uh, ethos, if you will, of preparing is what would you do ahead of time to he- stave off that situation from happening or being as bad as it could? So thinking through the situations and then knowing that if I needed to drink a warm beverage and there was no electricity, what might I do in preparation ahead of time? to get ready for that so that when I need that, I know what I'm going to do and I've got the supplies that I've decided that are right for me or the technique that's right for me, you know, cause that's part of it. Yeah, too. totally. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. Like what's going to work for me is not going to work for you. You know, I store, you know, extra gas, but a lot of people who live in an apartment that can't do that. Or, you know, maybe <laughs> they can do, you know, something completely different. You know, there's lots of ways to do things. And so, um, I mean, there's just so much abundant options these days. It's it's silly to 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 think that you can't find something that's right for you because because you can. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, ask ask those questions. Like, go through a typical day. Well, okay, I, I take a shower. Well, in an emergency, could I still take a shower? You know, or could I? You know, how would I change my hygiene process? You know, or and then how would I? You know, cook and and you know. What kind of entertainment will we have and all this other stuff? Whatever. Yeah. And I think that's another great point too, is that once you're in the situation <laughs> that ideally you'd be better prepared for, you might find yourself in a pickle. So it's all about <laughs> figuring out what you need to do and what supplies you need to have on hand ahead of time. And that's really right. key as well. So, and then when you have it ahead of time, you'll have lots of downtime, and then you'll get to play board <laughs> games or something. <laughs> right, and you don't have to sweat it so much because you know you're better prepared. Dare I say? Exactly. <laughs> how do we How do we talk about that without using that word over and over again? That's that's. T- <laughs> you know, I, I I think I think we should. I think we should uh, make it just a common speak. You know, everybody. People come to me and they're like, oh, I, I'm not a prepper, I'm not a prepper, but I, I just like to be prepared. And I'm like, all right. You know, like, it's just one of those things where people are so skittish about these, like, you know, words, yeah. but you should be prepared. That's actually a really good thing. It's a very positive thing. 
But I think there's just so much negative stigma around it for various reasons, and there doesn't need to be. No, totally agree. And, you know, again, I'm not a big fan of the media. I'll, I'm not shy in saying that. I think, you know, yeah. whether it's a reality show on whatever channel or whatever else, I think they've done the notion of being better prepared a disservice because mm -hmm. so oftentimes, to your point, it seems like they've given the notion of prepping or being a prepper a negative connotation. I mean, even when I think of prepper i was i kind of cringe i'm like oh i can see the right. pseudo tactical military person with the gas mask on and a food store mm -hmm. basement stacked you know from floor to ceiling and putting ramen noodles in inside my door panels right it's <laughs> really doesn't i mean yes there's an extreme of everything but it really doesn't yeah. need or have to be that right it was, that is still being portrayed ex almost to a T what you just said in movies and TV. And <laughs> yeah. like this. I, I just watched a movie the other day. It was almost like exactly how you just described it. <laughs> and I was, I was cringing the whole time. I was like, come on. Oh, why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah, it's kind of portrayed it that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's not about that, and you don't have to be wearing a gas mask and all of that stuff no, in your daily no. life to be a prepper, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, so for those that maybe have thought about it, but maybe they've been turned away because of the image or the negative connotation that's been, you know, that they've picked up on or whatever, but for someone that's got a family and they're thinking about the next 2008 or they're thinking about the next pandemic, because rest assured, there will be a next something. Mm -hmm. um, how, how can someone get started? Like what's, what's the way, what's the process? What's the, what's an easy way to people think about it and go about it if they want to get started and they're interested. Well, I think one of the, the easiest ways for people to do it is, is to focus on um, their core needs. And one of the, you know, most important core needs is going to be your food and water. And um, <clears throat> so most of us do shop at the grocery store. And so every time you're at the grocery store, you just buy a couple non-perishable items of things that you eat. It's very important that I want to stress the things that you eat because, if you go to the store and let's say you've been doing some research about prepping and, you know, what foods to store, it'll say a lot of things like beans and rice and it'll keep saying beans and rice. <laughs> but if you do not eat beans and rice, then don't buy beans and rice. Right. Yes, they are. They last for a long time and they're great. You know, lots of nutrients <laughs> in them. They do not cover your whole nutrients, but they're great. Fantastic. But again, you don't eat it, don't store it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, get the canned foods and the non-perishable items that you do eat, you and your family. And so, um, you know, if you eat a lot of corn, then get some canned corn. If you don't, you know, normally eat a lot of canned corn, that's okay. Keep eating your fresh corn and then eat the canned corn when you don't have the fresh or, you know, during an emergency or whatever. You know, get creative with this stuff. But um, just get a little bit of extra food and like a couple gallons of water or whatever and you know whatever's going to work with your budget and your space and that's basically it you can proceed from there to learn skills or whatever else you want to do 
however much, however how much further you want to take your preparedness or you just want that through extra food and water and some candles or something, you're good. That's fine too. So what I'm hearing you say is that I don't have to buy up all those cans of Vienna sausage. I can get things like black beans and early peas and some other tastier things that I might enjoy more. <laughs> Listen, Spam and Vienna sausage do not have to be my go-to. <laughs> No, no, you need the spam, okay? That's a necessity. <laughs> You're not a prepper unless you have the spam. I, Vienna I, sausages I can do without. But. You know, I, I can't, I cannot, I cannot bring myself to do the Vienna sausage, the spam, and the sardines and mustard sauce. I'm sorry, it's going to be a lot of veggies in my shelf if that's what I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned the sardines. I had that for dinner. Did you really? <laughs> I did. I love sardines on crackers, and they get a really bad rap. They're so nutritious for you. They're really good. They are. Yeah, and in a pinch, they're a great source of protein, if nothing else. Totally. Yeah. Now, so, you can do it without the spam and the Vienna sausages <laughs> or whatever. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I might have to become a canned vegetarian if it comes down to it before it's over with, right? <laughs> Yeah, whatever you got to do. <laughs> yeah. So starting with the food, and again, it's about getting the food that you would actually want to eat ideally. I mean, yeah, there's might come a time where you need to do some other things like the beans and rice, which I agree right. it can, seems to be like the go-to thing touted, like make sure your pantry's full of rice and beans. But there's, all, there's <laughs> other alternatives and choices, and it's about, you know, anything else. It's, I think, an indirect point there it's about thinking about what's sustainable for you too and that part of that is the diet right like right if you're not a rice and beans person that's probably not going to be sustainable for you right and you know a lot of people we need that kind of variety too like you know, some people tell me that they, I eat beans and rice every day and I have to call BS <laughs> I just have to call BS like Maybe you eat it for like one meal a day or something. Okay, fine. I'll believe that. But like three meals all your, all day, every day, like your life is boring. Like right. <laughs> you, you can like, there's so many ways to, to make great food from, from canned food, you know? And if you don't like the store canned food, can your own stuff, can your own chicken, can your own vegetables, can your own fruits. I mean, just, you know, <laughs> just so there's lots of ways to to get the food that you and your family need and, and have that variety that they need and, and want and, um, you know, boost that morale, beans and rice every single day, at least for us. Look, I'm not saying that if you eat beans and rice every day, <laughs> that it's wrong. I'm just saying. <laughs> it can be a little demoralizing to have to do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And beans and rice actually take a, an extreme amount of resources, heat and uh, water. They take a lot of re resources. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah. you're ready for that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, in, in talking about food, you know, COVID made me realize it caught me off guard, right? As I'm sure it caught a lot of folks off guard. And what I mean by that is mm -hmm. I didn't have a surplus. And what I mean by surplus is I wasn't hoarding. Like I don't have an entire bedroom from floor to ceiling full of toilet paper or whatever. 
but because I wasn't thinking in terms of a pandemic ever happening where the supply chains could be impacted, where supplies would fly off the shelves because people are in panic mode or thinking about hoarding. I didn't have a lot of stuff. I had a few of the things, but you know, mm-hmm. when I think in terms of uh, the pandemic, for example, like in retrospect, I should have had more. And you know, for me, it's just for me, right? And everybody's going to have their mm-hmm. own stuff. But for me, I probably should have had more rubbing alcohol on hand. I should have definitely had more TP on hand. I should have had uh, more Clorox or Lysol wipes on hand. Mm-hmm. I should have had. And the good news is, is because I was already kind of of the mindset, I did have some, but I definitely didn't have as many N95 masks as I should have. Yes. So I feel like these things that at least I for myself uncovered due to the pandemic are things that I need to have, make sure that I have on hand at all times. And I have what I personally feel might be enough for me. But what are some other things? I mean, water obviously is top of the food chain, so to speak. But yeah, uh, what are some things people need to think about? And what are some things that that they need to have on hand at all times. You know, it's really interesting that you say it caught you off guard. I think it caught literally everyone, even the most (laughs) experienced prepper. It caught everybody off guard because when we thought about a pandemic, I don't know, like we, we just thought about it differently, you know, and, 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 you know, we still, I, I still talked about how to be prepared for a pandemic. I talked about it for years before it happened, but I never really thought about it in the sense of the supply chains and stuff like that. I just didn't, it didn't really occur to me. (laughs) I don't know. Like, and then, and then, so, you know, I, I was very similar to you, not enough rubbing alcohol, not enough N95 masks. I had some, but not nearly enough. Yeah. And, um, so it was, it was a big wake up call to think outside of the box of other things. So, um, you know, now we, I really suck up hard on a lot of first aid stuff and I have like a lot of, um, I, I go for more like supply stuff, but that's me. Like, um, I will store, uh, propane bottles and I will store, um, like beeswax and stuff like that because I like to make candles or I make my own salve and I make my own stuff like that. Yeah. Um, canning jars is also something that, Everybody and their mother decided to get into canning (laughs) during the pandemic. Who would have thought there would have been a mason jar shortage? Yes, there was a huge mason jar shortage, and it actually lasted a good long time. It's kind of looking okay now, but, you know, there was a huge, and there was a huge canning, canning, like the pressure canners and the water bath canners, huge shortage of those as well. Um. And, uh, so yeah, weird things that you would never expect. And so, so not to cut you off there, but that's kind of a good thing in a way, right? Like the bad thing was, is that there was a shortage because people went crazy and lost their mind and went and they got it. But that meant that people were thinking that way and knew what maybe to get for themselves. And so that's a positive in that, in my mind. Totally. It totally was. It was irritating on one end, but on the other end, you know, you're like, yay, people are, you know, they're canning. I hope you're doing it safely. You know, you're, 
you're getting mylar bags so you can do all this. You know, you're you're doing whatever. And it was great on one hand, and then it was very irritating on the other. And um, but you know, it just made you as a prepper realize, you know, this is this is a good thing. This is great, you know. And I personally should have been been better prepared for this and and let these people have, you know, whatever they needed or whatever. Everybody gets what they need, but you know, it just depends on the time frame that you get it. Um, but yeah, so very interesting <laughs> pandemic. Um, everybody baking banana bread and all these things. <laughs> yep. And so tasty uh, times. <laughs> <laughs> right. So people learning to, to cook and bake, you know, for the very first time in their whole lives. In their and I think lives. that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah got to start mm-hmm. somewhere. So yeah. water, and you bring up an excellent point, first aid, trauma, tourniquets, stop the bleed type of stuff. But w- what are the top things that you think people should really think about and plan for and have in their in their back pocket, in their basement, whatever it is? Um, so really, so it's food and water, and then it's going to be like alternative sources of things. So like an alternative heat source, alternative cooling sources, um, even if it's just fan. Um, and then like alternative, yeah, heating, cooling, and alternative cooking. And uh, really, if you can cover those basic needs right there, you got your food and your water, you got ways to cook it, you have ways to keep warm or you have ways to keep cool, you can pretty much, you know, slide through almost anything. But I think the most important before you do any of that, really, like you go get your food and water, that's fine. Yeah. But you you should really think about plans. So I think having emergency disaster plans can really help guide you in your preparedness. So, mm. um, you know, if you want to, if there's going to be a, um, an instance where you're going to be staying in, you can have plans for your alternative communication, your alternative cooking, heating, cooling, whatever, because you've already thought about it. Like, okay, well, you know, this tornado is going to force us into our basement or whatever it is. And so we have all this stuff and we have ways to keep warm and we have entertainment and we have all everything there, right? Or this wildfire is going to push us from our home. Well, where are we going to go? And those emergency disaster plans can help you figure out where to go, what are you going to pack, who are you going to contact, what kind of meeting points are you going to have, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so it can actually drive the whole rest of your preparedness once you get those plans. And, um, of course, the plans will always change and expect that. Have A, B, C, D, E, F, F, G plans, but also be ready to adapt. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and then so, make sure everyone in the fam knows what their role is and what they're to do and how they can help and all of that good stuff too. Totally, yeah. Our our kids are always eager to help. Like we we had get them involved in their bug out bags. We, you know, we go through all the mock drills. They're with us. You know, I mean, there there's no reason to exclude your family unless they think that you're crazy or something. But either way, you need to still be you know, at least telling them, hey, here's the fire extinguisher. If something happens, grab it, you know, or whatever, you know, hey, uh, you know, here's a 
I don't know, another example. If you live on the second floor, here's the ladder in case you there's a fire in the house. Yeah. A lot of fire. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, Having yeah, a game so. plan and communicating it and then practicing it. That's all part of yeah. preparedness, too, in addition to just, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of times we think about preparedness, about stocking up on supplies. But to your point, it's really about having those plans in place, too, and being ready. Yeah, It's really about being ready yeah. at the end of the day, whether it's a plan, a scenario, or supply, uh, a destination, whatever it is. It's it's just about planning. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, this has been great. Uh, how can people find you, Morgan, at Rogue Preparedness? I know you're on Instagram. I know you're on YouTube. But how, how can they get to you? Yes. So um, really easy. Just go to Instagram and search Rogue Preparedness. Um, I should come up. Same with uh, YouTube. And then also roguepreparedness.com uh, blog and all that. And a lot of, a lot of free resources, checklists, whatever. Um, and... Yeah, podcast somewhere in there and some other somewhere stuff. in the mix. <laughs> yeah, well, I can tell you firsthand yeah. there's a lot of good info that you're putting out there. So hopefully, uh, folks will find it and, uh, and appreciate it as much as I do. I'm glad we were able to finally do this. Thanks so much for coming on. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. You bet.